What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode, I want to say, I think it's 79 of uh, Calling Out Craft Beer. I need to make 100% sure of that because our last episode, no, damn, this is episode 80. Holy shnikes, I screwed up on that one. Well, last episode was a 75 hard episode. It's been a while. Thomas and I have been struggling to... uh, to connect to get together to record some of this stuff so been a little frustrating lately but in the same respect we uh we are <clears throat> working hard and uh trying to you know bring together new content and uh some new changes to the show so the cool thing about the show going forward is that we're gonna continue with the obviously craft beer aspect but then we're gonna add in an additional piece weekly surrounded about news and men's health and you know something that i really dove into pardon me um you know personally when it was just me doing the show and uh and we kind of got away from it you know with thomas and it's not for any fault of his or anybody else's Good grief, why am I all of a sudden off limit? But, you know, it's something that we definitely want to get back to. I've got reached out to by a few listeners that were like, hey, man, we're missing the dynamic of the show. You know, we're missing what made Calling All Craft Beer, Calling All Craft Beer, which was you talking about, you know, life and and just some other stuff other than craft beer. So even though, you know, last episode with 75 Hard and stuff, I think definitely, um, you know, definitely put a new spin a new perspective on a lot of different things but so here we are right i am on day 34 of 75 hours i'm just about crossed over the halfway point so what i mean i guess the halfway point would technically be like day 37 or day 38 because that's when you're you know 35 is to 70 but 75 would have to be a couple extra so like 38 So I got like four more days to go to officially be past the halfway mark. The killer part is, and this is not since starting 75 hard, but since June 8th, when I started back to working out, I'm down 50 pounds officially. So 361, I'm a 311 and uh, it's been pretty badass. Like I know for a fact that I've gained some muscle, so I probably lost more fat than is actually on the scale, but you know, feeling good, body's changing, I'm noticing, you know, tons of differences throughout. So it's been pretty amazing. But, you know, do I have a lot to talk about about beer? No, I don't, you know, but I do have beer topics. And what I want to talk about right now is I want to kind of take a spin to, there's been a lot of news coming out lately about breweries and um, sexual harassment allegations and all kinds of stuff. And I just kind of wanted to put this into perspective for you guys, because I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, in any way, shape or form that anybody deserves to be sexually harassed or treated poorly, you know, or anything like that. So that's not where this concept is going. So before you judge me on what I'm about to say, know that firsthand that I'm not, you know, condoning people being mistreated or, you know, anything like that. But I do want to bring to light the cancel culture aspect, right? So you've got a lot of like okay like for instance i just read one the other day where moxa 
Moxa, Moxa, however the hell you say the name of their brewery. I've been corrected on it like five times, and I think they don't know how to say it, honestly. But they were doing a collaboration with another brewery that has some allegations against the owner um, in regards to sexual harassment and things like that. And people like immediately jumped all over them and they were like, oh, you know, fuck that. You guys can't do that. Like you can't, you can't, you can't collab with that brewery, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, but why? You know, and then the reason I say, but why? And I get it. You know, they came back and they said, you know, that if we did that the owner of the company would have benefited from the beer that we were collabing with and we didn't want to put any money in his pocket, you know, given the circumstance. And I get that and I understand. But at the end of the way, dude, every day we're putting money in people's fucking pockets that we shouldn't be, right? Yet you have an entire brewery full of people who are, you have an entire brewery full of people who, um, who are busting their asses and doing a great job for this brewery that worked there that are now gonna be screwed and potentially out of work and whatever else because you're deciding to cancel this brewery because of the owner. And I, I, would, I will never understand that. You know, as being someone who was an owner of a business that failed and had my own personal issues with integrity and all kinds of stuff, I would have never wanted or been happy with seeing my team be punished for my mistakes, if that makes sense. You know, it's like saying, well, you know, so-and-so worked at this place that went under and the, you know, the, and they went bankrupt and the owner was a piece of shit. So you should never hire that guy. No, that's not cool. Like, you I mean, I don't want to call anybody a victim, but you're kind of in certain circumstances, you're a victim of your situation. And if you don't know what's going on, or maybe you're a part of it, you know what I mean? Let, let's, let's be real is that in a lot of these scenarios that have gone on for so long, it's a culture thing. Right. It may not necessarily be a person thing. It may not necessarily be a business, you know, a particular business issue. It's a culture thing. What I mean by it being a culture thing is that when you look at how someone allows themselves to be treated, things escalate. And I'm not, and again, not condoning it, not calling the victims or the people who were harassed, you know, wrong or saying they did anything wrong. And I would never do that. But a lot of times, especially as a man, I've seen over the years, you know, we come across situations like this a lot where someone gets wronged, right? You get, you got a, a, you know, a, a male employee, a female employee, whoever, it doesn't matter. They get wronged, they get fired, they get, you know, their hours cut, you know, something happens where they, in, in the long run, they end up getting treated differently than somebody else. And next thing you know, they're online and they're bashing the company and they're talking shit about the leadership. And, you know, they're they're doing all this stuff that they wouldn't have done while they were working there. But now all of a sudden, it's this massively dramatic thing. And this person has been, you know, epically wronged and their life is over and they're you know, and they're, they've been treated so poorly and they, you know, I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not, again, I'm not taking anything away from 
the stuff that some of these people went through because I guarantee you and I trust a million percent that there definitely was some traumatizing scenarios in here for some of these people because obviously there's been so many breweries now that this has come out from you know and, and unfortunately as someone who's you know I'm 41 years old I've been around business you know for a long time and one of the things that I can genuinely say is that the bar industry itself we're not talking just craft beer I'm talking the bar industry itself has been synonymous with, you know, people being treated poorly, people being sexually harassed, people being, you know, and let's not even, let, let's let's take it a step further past the sexual harassment piece and say people, you know, just being douchebags. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is, you know, you, you got people who, I don't want to say allow stuff like this to happen, but you got people who are okay with it. You know, like how many of you know somebody who may have worked at a brewery or worked at, you know, a bar or work, you know, something like that, that were like banging five people that were working there at the same time. And then one of the one of the other ones finds out, gets butthurt, gets upset. And next thing you know, it causes drama within the, the workplace. And it's kind of a funny, you know, it becomes like a, a topic of, you know, comical conversation because people are like, oh, well, you know, Joe and, and Betty Ann were banging each other, but he was all, but Joe was also screwing, you know, Stacy and Rebecca and, and Jane, Jane too. And Jane found out and was in love with him and got pissed off and went and, you know, started a whole bunch of shit about it. And I'm not, and again, it's not always women. It's not, you know, I'm not, I'm just using random ass scenarios like to kind of like put these things out there, but, but we don't know like the, the depth of all this stuff. So to like, to literally use this as a means to start canceling businesses and people's livelihoods, because you're like, oh, well, like I, all of a sudden you think, you know, all the details, you know, oh, well, I mean, I have to be, you know, I have to know everything. I have, I know that this is exactly what happened, but no, you don't, you don't know that, you know, and, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna downplay, you know, people being treated poorly in any way, shape or form. But I do know too, that a lot of times there are people who are hurt or frustrated or upset about a situation. And when they start to get some momentum behind them, when they start to see that, all right, you know, now like other people are creating kind of, you know, this, this opportunity for me to step forward and, and, and speak my mind and do whatever else, you know, then you get more people that come forward and, but it just, it's, you don't always know the scenario. So for everybody to jump behind these breweries and say, and then immediately be all about canceling them, you're hurting everybody who works there, not just the people who are guilty of what was going on. And I don't think that's, I don't agree with cancel culture, period. I don't think that just because you don't agree with something or just because somebody who works there is, is an asshole or a scumbag means that everybody that everybody who's employed by that place now has to suffer and potentially be out of work because, you know, we, we just came through COVID and we just came through all this shit and it doesn't, again, like I'm going to, I keep using the same terminology because I don't condone it. I don't, you know, nobody deserves to be harassed and I would never want, like I look, I have three daughters. I found out that my daughters were working, you know, at a bar or a restaurant or something, and their management was sexually harassing them and sending them inappropriate pictures or smacking them on the ass when they were walking around the, you know, the the bar or something like that. Yeah, I'm not going to be happy with that. And as a dad, I'm going to fuck somebody up. But at the end of the day, 
we don't know each and every direct scenario here. We don't know how many of them are genuinely coming from places of truth or just coming from places of anger. So to start canceling companies because we feel like we know everything, that's not cool. You know what I mean? I mean, let the people who who have been brought to light go through justice. And sometimes it's social justice. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, going to jail or, or, or you know, um, you know, state justice. I mean, there, there's so many different scenarios because there may be certain circumstances where somebody, there's not enough proof for somebody to be held, you know, held accountable in the court system, but social justice will get them, you know, in the end, they know what they did wrong and they will be held accountable for it. If not by the government and, you know, the, the, the judicial system, then they'll be held accountable by their peers and they'll be held accountable by other people within the industry that know what they did. Because at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to people like this guy at, I forget, it's, I think it's seven, not seven son, but it's seven something brewery, seven state or something like that, that they were talking about with uh, Moxa. And <clears throat> they, um, and at the end of the day, you know, there were, from what I gathered, there were multiple um track seven brewing sorry there were multiple um you know claims that came out against you know the owner of this company and okay in a situation like that especially when multiple people are coming out and saying things about them more than likely most of it's probably true you know and, I, and i'll and i'll stand behind that a million percent you know when you when you start getting the random ones because i've seen a few that have popped up where people where people have gone to bat for somebody and been like dude like that this guy has never even cursed in front of me he's never sent me a lewd message he's never done anything and all of a sudden you got this one chick who used to work there who's now getting in because she wants to be recognized and noticed as part of this movement of changing the culture of craft beer who's calling out the owner of xyz brewing brewing because she swears that she was you know harassed by him and who knows i mean it could have been a one-time thing where somebody screwed up and said something stupid in front of somebody and didn't mean it but it came across wrong you know i worked at a place one time where a guy got let go because a girl was complaining about cramps and he asked her if she was on her period i mean hr was literally like that's none of your business and that's actually a very personal matter so we're gonna have to let you go you know, and, and, but most of us would have been like, what? Like, that's just like normal conversation. Like, I mean, if it had been one of her girlfriends that would have said, hey, are you on your period? She wouldn't have given two shits. But because it was a random guy that she didn't necessarily like or have a relationship with because he was a newer guy on the team, she got offended, went to HR and they booted him off the team. You know, but <clears throat> were his intentions harassing you know harassing no like it was a conversation and he might have been a stupid idiot who said something dumb that he shouldn't have said or asked the question that he shouldn't have said that wasn't his business and i get that but did he deserve to lose his job nah, i don't know that that that's that's a tough one you know and it happens a lot you know in scenarios like that and it may have been you know a joke that was told in passing or something like that that somebody took offense to and a lot of times people don't speak up when they quit a job like let's say for instance you work for somebody <clears throat> and I almost believe, and I'm gonna segue real quick, but I almost believe that exit interviews should be a thing for everybody. Now, obviously you can't always get an exit interview because if you have somebody who quit and they're angry and they don't wanna to talk to you, then the chances of getting them to give you an exit interview are slim to none. But if you can get some type of a rational conversation out of somebody and provide, have them provide you with an exit interview, you're gonna find out a lot more shit 
in that exit interview than you probably realize, you know what I mean? And some of it may not be true. Some of it may be true. So you're going to have to go through it with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, if somebody, let's say, you know, Jane was walking through the bar and somebody made a joke about somebody's period, you know, and she got offended by it. And two weeks later, she comes in and it's been eating at her. And she's like, oh, I'm giving my two weeks. I'm done. Like, I, I'm not working here anymore. Cause she, maybe she went and found another job. And, but, she, but she never actually sits down with anybody and says, this is the reason why I went and found another job. This is the reason why I was offended. And I said, fuck you guys. And I went, <clears throat> excuse me, and applied in a bunch of different places and got a new job. Like nobody, how do we know that? You know what I mean? How do we, how are we able to get that information without having things like exit interviews with employees and stuff like that? Oh, <laughs> so the, the process of all this is tough, man, because, you know, the, the, I think it comes down to accountability of staff, accountability of leadership, accountability of ownership, accountability of management, you know, to make sure, because first of all, let's explain something. Okay. If you work in a bar or a restaurant or a tap room, you should not be drinking the product aside from maybe a sample here or two here or there. So you can actually understand what the brewers taste like. You should not be drinking the product while you're working. And I think the fact of the matter is that a lot, and especially within the craft brew scene, a lot of breweries, tap rooms, bars allow the staff to drink and the ownership will come in and drink. And that creates a toxic environment because next thing you know, you got, you know, an owner who's drunk off of his ass and is telling the bartender, Hey man, I love your tits. You know what I mean? And that's, you're just like, Oh shit, shit. Like did he really just say that? You know, but <clears throat> when you combine alcohol with a work atmosphere, stupid shit happens. And that's why in an instance like this, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who work exclusively in like the craft beer and bar industry. And most places they'll have like a, like a go-to spot after work that maybe the entire staff will go to and hang out and have some beers or something like that. And it does, and obviously, you know, if you're bringing the same group of people together and you're going out to, you know, X, Y, and Z bar and you're having beers, then it's still the same group of people drinking beer. It's just not in your location, but you're, you then have, you then can make the decision whether you want to be there, right? So, but if ever, but if you're at work and you're putting in time and you're on the clock and people around you are drinking and getting drunk, you can't help what happens. You're there, you're doing your job. It is what it is. Now, you know, Tom, Dick, Harry, Francis, and, and Rosemary leave and go down the street to, you know, B&W Brewery, and they go, hey, can we, you know, Janet, you want to come with us? And you know that you've already, you know, been put in a little bit of an uncomfortable position with, you know, somebody in that group. You don't go. You know what I mean? You say, nah, man, I'm good. And you, you, you're like, thanks anyway. And you go home or you go to another brewery or you go, you want a drink, you go to another place. You know what I mean? And, and at the end of the day, that's you know, that's your decision as an adult to involve yourself with these people, knowing that there's a potential that things could happen, you know, and, or to be an adult and say, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be involved in that. And I know I kind of segue completely off of, you know, topic and I'm not, again, this whole thing is not to take anything away from people that were harassed, people that went through, you know, I'm sure that there are both men, men and women out there who can attest to the fact that they were probably treated horribly and that we're probably you know 
like harassed to the point of like wanting to hurt themselves, you know, things like that. I will never take anything away from that. I guarantee you that that's truth and that that's happened. And there are people that have been, you know, um, harassed and, and unfortunately, you know, gone through stuff like that. So I'm not going to take anything away from that. I'm just looking at the bigger picture of, you know, for instance, you know, Walmart, Walmart's a huge corporation. They have, you know, thousands of locations or whatever. So if one manager at one Walmart gets in trouble for sexually harassing somebody, do we close down the whole entire Walmart? Like, do we close down Walmart as a whole? No, we, we fire that one employee. We, we investigate the scenario and then that person gets held accountable to what happened. Same thing should be, should hold true to breweries, even if it is the owner, because at the end of the day, you know, they're, even if the owner steps away from the business and is no longer there, no longer part of it, and they, but yet they, but they still have, you know, majority control financially of the business, they're still employing people in the community that need to get paid, that need to have families to take care of, that have bills to pay. So there's no reason that these people should be, there's no reason that the business should suffer because of the actions of one person. And that's my that's my honest opinion. And maybe I'm wrong and maybe some of you guys will, you know, hate me for that and think that I'm stupid. But at the end of the day, you know, in, unless the entire team was involved in certain things, which I'm sure has happened, I'm sure there are scenarios out there where breweries or bars or whatever have been canceled because the entire staff was just disgusting and treating people like crap. And if that's the case, then that's what they deserve. But in most of these cases, at least the ones that I've seen, it's been singled out to one, maybe two people within a brewery or within a you know a tap room or a bar or whatever. And you're canceling the entire, you know, business because of one person. I just don't see that being it's just not the way to go, you know. And then uh so <clears throat> getting out of you know that stuff and brew news and whatever else, like um so one of the things that I haven't really talked about on this show is uh, the Arte Syndicate. Now, the Arte Syndicate is something that I joined back in April, and it is a group of entrepreneurs that is led by Andy Frisella, who is also the person who developed 75 Hard, the program that I'm doing, and um, Ed Milet, who is a very successful businessman, much like Andy. They are partners in the Arte Syndicate. And the Arte Syndicate is essentially a group of like, like-minded entrepreneurial type individuals that have come together, business owners and or some that are not business owners yet, but that are in the process of becoming business owners or their ideas are on the table or whatnot. And it's been a phenomenal journey. Um, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about business practice and how to handle certain situations and what and how to put yourself first regardless you know because a lot of you guys i don't know if i talked about it on the last episode or not i don't think i did because i think it was before all this went down um but i am no longer working with project ad um project ad was just a toxicity in my life you know unfortunately you know i'll be the first one to admit that it was time to go it was time to go a long time ago and you know the i kept making excuses to stay because it was my only form of income at the time it was the only client that i had and it was you know even though it was barely paying my bills it was paying my bills and i had gotten so complacent because of my back being messed up and everything else that i didn't want to fight for anything i was kind of frustrated and stuck and just said you know what this is what i deserve this is what 
this is what is the this is this is what my life is going to consist of at least for now because I can't I can't do any better I can't get out there I can't hustle I can't go try to find you know new opportunities because I'm in pain I'm hurting I can't barely walk I can't you know and I'm sure in the same respect I'm, I'm sure it affected my work to some extent and you know and not only did that affect my work but the toxic environment affected my work and I'm not going to get into details and throw people under the bus or whatever but you know it's just it's a very difficult situation when you have somebody who out, outwardly talks about loyalty and family and blah 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 and says all that stuff and then behind closed doors you know literally treats people like absolute garbage and that's the scenario that I went through for two and a half years really I mean it wasn't as bad in the beginning and then it got to a point where it got worse and then it got a little bit better and you know it kind of was like a roller coaster of two and a half years of craziness but um I'm here now at a position where I have multiple opportunities on the table to the point that it's overwhelmed, you know, where I'm like, I don't even know which direction to go because I'm like, damn, you know, like I have so much stuff coming at me that it's overwhelming, but not necessarily in a good way, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like it's so different every facet that I don't, that I'm like, you know, part of me in my head is like, man, I can do X and Y at the same time or B and Z at the same time, but I don't know if I can, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, and I don't, you know, and, and I have one of those personalities that I don't like to let people down. I don't like to disappoint people, but I'm also in the same respect at a crossroads where I'm like, look, you need to make a decision. You need to make a decision fast and you need to hope that these people make the same decision because you know one of the things about proposals and you know dealing with companies is that it wouldn't be the first time that i've been led down a path by a company that was like oh yeah we're gonna sign you we're gonna bring you on board oh yeah we wanted you to be part of the team and then at the last minute they're like oh you know we found somebody else that we're gonna you know bring on board or we found a different company we want to work with or whatever and so i'm i'm expecting that at least in a couple aspects um although i shouldn't be because i should be confident about you know my skill set and but it's, you know, but when somebody puts something off and they're kind of like, you know, you're not 100% sure where they're going from, going, what they're, what they're looking for, you don't know where, you know, their, their, uh, their eyes are, you know what I mean? And, and if they're not talking to you, then you can be rest assured they're definitely talking to somebody else. So, you know, it's just a lot of stuff going on. And I've been stretched thin, man, like to the point where there's like not a whole lot of money left and basically living off of credit right now until something breaks and I'm able to move forward and it's been hard you know and as a man I feel defeated I feel frustrated I feel angry I feel massively stressed my anxiety is through the roof you know and it's just I mean those of you that have been following the podcast for a while know that Patriot Brewing is something that's been on the table and it's kind of paused at the moment because you know, I had some conversations with some investors that didn't quite go as planned. And then we ran into an issue with City, where the area that we're looking at, they're not, um, they're fighting us on the, you know, the alcohol aspect. And it's, and it kind of, so it kind of just pushed everything backwards to the beginning again. And I'm just kind of left sitting here with, you know, putting my hands up going, come on, God, something's got to break. You know what I mean? And, and 
I like to think that I've done everything that I should, you know, I mean, in the, in, in what I mean by that is, you know, cold calling, reaching out to companies, sending out cold emails, you know, doing all kinds of stuff to continue to make sure that I'm hustling every day to keep working towards potential new opportunities, despite the fact that I know I have these binding, well, not binding, but I have these pending proposals like sitting out there. Um, and I know for sure that at least one of them is going to, is going to go through. And that's really all I need right now to at least pay the bills and keep moving forward. Is that all I want? No, of course not. I, you know, I want to grow. I want to get bigger. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to be able to, to be in a better place next year versus kind of just sitting in the same spot, you know, um, that we have been for the last couple of years. And that's what really what I'm looking for. So that's been, you know, definitely a frustration. And, you know, uh, I've been dealing with that really through 75 hard because if it wasn't for my focus of waking up every day at a certain time, you know, and essentially the way it typically works is as soon as I see light in the, in the screen door or in the glass, in my uh, sliding glass door in my room, I wake up, could be 545. It could be 630. It could be seven o'clock. It really just depends on when my eye opens and when I see the light. And typically it's around 615, 620 that I've been getting up. And then I go out and I sit in my, uh, comfy chair in this, in our sitting room and the, uh, and I read my book, you know, I do my 10 pages or more, depending on what book it is. <laughs> and like David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. If you guys haven't read that book, holy shit, it is amazing. Go read it. I think I read the entire book in like five days. So that one was definitely way more than 10 pages. Um, but I just started a new book by John Maxwell about leadership. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But it is just been, you know, absolutely amazing. And then, you know, prepping for my two workouts and, you know, doing the things that I need to do every day um, have kept my focus, you know, where it needs to be. And that has been what has kind of kept me going. You know what I mean? And the uh, when you think, you know, you look at frustration, you look at these scenarios where it's like, damn, man, I don't even know. The Leader's Greatest Return is the book that I'm reading right now. Sorry, I had to go look at that real quick. But, um, you know, I look at this scenario and, I, and you know, it's, draw, it's driven a wedge between me and my wife. You know, obviously she's busting her ass. She just got promoted to store manager and she's been working, I mean, literally 12 to 14 hour days trying to turn her new store around. And, you know, she got put into an environment where everything was messed up and the previous manager wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And it shows and she's fighting to reorganize that store and get it where it needs to be so she can prove to the doubters and the people that didn't want her to be promoted that she deserves this position and that she's the best woman for it and I know she is and you know but it doesn't make things easy between us when she's at work busting her ass all day and she comes home and I'm still without income (laughs) you know and it's definitely created some tension and some frustration between us and you know, and, and it's not easy. And I'm sure all of you guys have been there, whether it's one way or the other, you know, the wife or the husband or, you know, or, you know, it just goes to show that one of the hardest things about a partnership and marriage, you know, is preparing for stuff like this. And the shitty part is when we moved into this house, we had a significant amount of savings and we blew it all. 
you know, we bought a bunch of furniture and we probably, and in the first month and a half, two months of being here, we ate out like crazy because we're still kind of getting used to the new house. And, you know, we did some things and I probably bought some tools and some yard stuff that I didn't necessarily need and whatever else. And, you know, but we blew through the savings that we had. So now here we are where I have no income. And when two months ago, we would have had savings to at least get us through for a month, maybe two. Now we have nothing. And we're, you know, we have the end of the month looming down on us. You know, today's the 26th. I'm recording this on July 26th, you know, and rent's due by the third. And, you know, it's, it's a weight, it's a burden, you know, and and it's just like, damn, (laughs) you know what I mean? And in the, what, two and a half years, God, 18, 19, 20, yeah, in the two and a half years that I've been doing this show, this has been talked about more than once. But, you know, I just want to encourage you guys out there, man. If you're going through the same thing, if you're out of work, if you're frustrated, if COVID is still playing a part in what you got going on, you know, just stay strong, keep hustling, wake up every day with purpose and just do what you got to do. Put one foot in front of the other, make that hard phone call, send that difficult email, you know, sit down and do pick five tasks every day that you have to get done and get them done. And that will ultimately lead to you being back where you need to be and pushing forward and getting your life back in order. And it's not easy. You know, it's something that it takes practice. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. And when you're depressed or you're anxious or you're frustrated, you don't want to do it, but you have to. It's the only way you're going to get your life back on track. It's the only way you're going to be able to move forward through all the BS and the drama is to just fucking do it. You know, like 75 hard. We talked about it last week, you know, June 23rd, which was actually a Wednesday, not a Thursday. I said Thursday last time. I just woke up and said, fuck it. I'm doing it. And I'm 34 days in now. And it is what it is. Got to make it happen. You know, I, I have no excuses. I have no my knee is swollen the fucking size of a grapefruit. My ankle's fucked up. My foot hurts. You know, I'm just miserable as fuck from two workouts a day for the last 34 days. But I'm doing it every day, no matter what. And that's what you got to do too. One foot in front of the other, you know, and just keep moving fucking forward. No matter what it means, no matter what it is, no matter what it does to you. As long as you don't give up, as long as you keep persevering, as long as you keep your eye on the prize, things are going to break and you're going to end up looking back on this difficult scenario six months from now, a year from now, two years from now and going that at that point in time, that's what I need. And you're going to thank God and be like, thank you for restructuring my life, reevaluating my situation and helping me to refocus to get where I need to be. All right, peeps. That's episode 80 of Calling All Craft Beer. I know, wasn't a whole lot of craft beer except for talking about the industry and stuff like that in there. But, you know, definitely as things continue and uh, make some changes to the show going forward and the, the, the layout and the concept and things that we're doing, you'll definitely start to get some more beer uh, knowledge. And as I break into the homebrew scene once I'm done 75 hard and really start doing homebrew again it'll uh it'll we'll start having a lot of fun with the show we'll start doing some more videos and live stuff and content and it'll be 
it'll be something that you guys are really going to enjoy. So if you've been with me since the beginning, thank you. If you've, if you're just getting into the show, thank you. Um, we don't run ads. We don't do anything on this show that to monetize it in any way, shape or form. You know, there's been a couple of times that I've run some ads on Facebook to try to get some more listeners and things like that, but we don't really do anything outside of glassware. Potentially we're going to do some, uh, some merch and things like that going forward that you guys can purchase on the website. But, um, if you like the show, man, just tell somebody about it. Send a link to a friend, tell them, Hey, go check this show out. That's how we're going to grow this thing. That's how we're going to keep moving forward. That's how we're going to get from 7,000 to 8,000 to 9,000 to 10,000 listeners. And you know, that's what we need in order for me to keep doing this and for me to be able to bring you content that you guys want to hear, because ultimately, man, we would love to get some of these, you know, bigger breweries and brewmasters and owners and stuff like that on the show. And the only way we're going to do that is by continuing to grow the show and continuing to uh, get people excited about craft beer and the industry in general. So until next time, I'm out of here. Later.